me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. That's pretty exciting, right, Omega? Indeed. Yeah, right. HIAC Talk Radio is always exciting. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Thank you, broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Uh, The topic was Dark Side of the Ring, and what made Dark Side of the Ring such a must-watch for any wrestling fan in the beginning because they, they, they captured, when they focused on moments in wrestling, or like an incident or a relationship, like... Uh, like the Montreal screw job or the, you know the Von Erich story um, and it wasn't just on one person it was you know on like or like it and when it was on one person with the, the death of Gina Hernandez which remains unsolved to this day um, or the, the flight again the incidents is that everyone's got you know an opinion on and it turned out the flight had long ramifications that we were still being you know uh felt but the last but this season of dark side of the ring and even the previous one they're focusing on one uh, on singular people which those people have their story told yeah sure but then they don't tell the whole story or they tell a half of it um i mentioned the junkyard dog story um which is a, a great story to tell but there is some we didn't get, you know, his uh, his early years or his high school because uh, uh, there was an incident in his high school where he formed a, a boycott of his of his coach and the entire team walked out. Or oh. the, yeah, uh, left that out. That's awesome. Uh, or the Abdul the Butcher story, which turned into the was so all over the place. I mean, they went from him being in high school trying to get into uh wrestling and I didn't know it was the sheik that brought that broke him in. Uh I didn't know that either. Because I guess that had, figures. Yeah. Well they went from um him being broken in by the sheik in uh Detroit and then cut to nineteen eighty three in Puerto Rico <laughs> fighting Carlos Colon. It's like wasn't there a whole period of the seventies, you know, like when he was very thin, he was a lot thinner than he was and he wrestled barefoot and nah. You know, he had. We'll just skip that. And then the last half hour was him and that jerkwad Hannibal and their their hepatitis lawsuit. So that's like, a polite way of putting it for Hannibal. Yeah, I've never okay. seen a man who who can barely speak a lick of English, and I mean, and I don't mean like a foreign language, air quotes foreign language, mm-hmm. who just has a base grasp on grammar mm-hmm. get so many views on youtube other than me yeah <laughs> yeah i don't get it either uh but hey, what, uh, the- what did you think about working with vich uh, wuto he's fine with me <laughs> yeah. Thank and God he, the, uh, for a guy that has to pay other wrestlers to to wrestle him or has to you know out of his own pocket but anyway i don't want to spend way too much too much time on hannibal any three seconds is way too much time to be talking about hannibal but um that's true the the only good 
episode that I saw this season was again about an incident of Magnum TA. Uh, yeah. was great because I didn't the first time I've heard from Magnum his side of the story. I hadn't still did and before he started talking, I had no idea what how he got what happened in his in his car accident that ended his career that potentially could have killed him. Uh, but the way he talked about it, um, it's like wow, thirty years I never even heard that story before from him. Um, was what, it, was uh, he getting roadhead? Is it the old roadhead adage? No. No, I'm he, totally coming sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me I will see it. No, yeah, you will see it. Uh, but you'll get to, you know. Yeah. Uh, but this past uh last week's and now and uh the season finale as we're recording it is tonight, or where we talk where the uh the episode will be the world according to Marty Gennetti, which again is um we're talking about character, and he's definitely a character, but I don't know how much they'll put in, how much they'll leave out. Uh, the the episode before was um Bam Bam Bigelow, again fascinating, um a guy that had a lot a, a story in it itself bounty hunter, you know uh started his wrestling career in Studio Fifty Four, promoted by Paul Heyman in nineteen eighty five. I you know and just seeing pictures of him with hair, that is you know worth it. Alone. Oh yeah. But the, that's a lot, and, yeah. And again, when they where they shine is when they talk about an incident or something that happened. And the episode that you saw that we're going to talk about still lives on. I thought that could have been a sec, a first or second season. Was Bash at the Beach two thousand? Um, yeah, pivotal moment. Some even call that that was the end, the beginning of the end of uh, WCW. As we know it, I have a hot take. Hit it. Start. Start this with a hot take. Okay. That was worse than the finger poke. Yeah. Why? Miles away, because this is just my logic here. Mm -hmm. If you go back retrospectively, that is a well planned angle. Yes. (laughs) The finger poke is. Mm This is not no. by any stretch. And we'll get into that in a second. I will argue and against all the wrestle crap. And I have nothing bad to say against the wrestle crap guys. That website was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is still amazing. I think it's more of just recycling archived articles. And again, I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. Um, I just think they've covered everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they wrote a book about that finger poke. It was I will argue and die on that hill. <laughs> And I'm and this is coming from someone who spent time rewatching it within the last couple of years on the on the network or whatever we're calling it. Um, you can see that being sprinkled with that uh, throughout leading up to it, literally as a we're going to reset Goldberg. We're going to reset the heel machine and throw it at him. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a good idea or not. Is not the argument. No. And I will, uh, and uh, call me a Nash simp, and that's fine. I am. I like Kevin. Yeah. I agree with him on that. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me, and he wasn't even booking yet. He wasn't even booking yet. <laughs> he wasn't even there. Like, it wasn't, I wasn't even there. Um, 
So you're telling me that I booked myself over to win the title on Goldberg. And then a week later or two, I booked myself to get poked by Hogan and lose. Boy, do I look strong. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I think comparatively. Finger poke, not as damaging Mm-hmm. As and there's a second reason, not as damaging as Bastard Beach 2000. Also, compound the fact that you have Vince and Ed Ferrara getting hired, and then less than three months later getting kicked the fuck out. And then I don't, I didn't even know the sequence anymore of who was in charge again. Mm-hmm. And then Vince and Eric Bischoff being put together, and that like you have all of this that is already steamrolled after the incident that killed WCW, which was the finger poke. Um, like this is, and I said on the episode, someone said, I think Jericho during their narration was this is like a Titanic. No, it was it was Meltzer, that yeah, big yeah. Ear goof, mm-hmm. um, saying, um, this is like the Titanic headed for the iceberg, sir. The uh, that at that point, <laughs> WCW already hit that iceberg, they man. They've been taken in water for many, many months. They are loading out lifeboats and trying to get the fuck out at that mm-hmm. point. That's Jericho, the radicals, everybody else, those are the lifeboats. Yeah. And 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 Vince and uh Russo and whoever in charge is put into charge is just Captain Smith going, huh, watch getting deep. <laughs> oh boy. Uh and let me also say this. <laughs> it, it, uh, <laughs> the episode begins with something that Vince Russo and I agree on. Wow. And that is the only thing, kind of, that Vince Russo and I will ever agree on. Because mm-hmm. I don't like Vince Russo. I agree with Jim Cornette about Vince Russo a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. Every word he says, not only was he overrated, not only can he read, not only can he not write, <laughs> but he's kind of a piece of garbage. Yes. And I cannot tell you if you were watching that episode and you heard a loud rumble and you were like, what was that? But it was quick. But you're like, that's eh, fine. That was my eyes rolling in the back of my head when he said, because I'm a proud Italian man and you don't tell me that I could take for granted. Shut the fuck up, Vince. God, you're such an idiot. But what he said at the top about. Mm-hmm. There are no good people in wrestling. Why? Because you have to because wrestling is a shark tank and you have to become a shark. Or you get eaten. He's not wrong. No. Uh, but problem is, is while he's saying that you're a fucking shark, dude. Yeah. You're one of them. And this is a guy who had no respect for the wrestling business. Never did. He saw yeah. it as one big Jerry Springer episode. That's how he wrote it. Uh, and he just saw not them as athletes, but as actors that he could, you know, pitch the stupidest goofiest shit possible and because some of it worked in the wwe he wants to take in all responsibility for the attitude era and thought he could do the same thing in in wcw because he conned somebody else into giving him a job wrong vince yeah um yeah so bash at the beach 2000 with uh russo it was you know he's he's a piece of garbage i've never had any um respect for him because he never had any respect for wrestling but um and yeah i'm just listening to him just you know how he puts qualifiers and everything man 
Um, Vince, I want to I want to raise because I want to move closer to my family. And Vince goes, I'm paying you enough money. Just hire a nanny. You don't tell an Italian this and that. that yeah, that. The yeah. Italian man. A deep what is that to do with man, but Shut the fuck <laughs> up, Vince. Yeah, but I, and again, Jesus. he qualifies everything. What does that have to do with being Italian? If you were, Nothing. if you, if you weren't, you know, if your argument is just like, I don't want to, I want to move closer to my family. And I didn't like that. He said the Kyra nanny, then that's it. It don't have to be, you know, Italian to get that. I guess that's yeah, Cause we would have been behind you on that one. <laughs> you're like, that's kind of a shitty thing to say, but then you're like, I you that bro. And I'm like, all right, never mind. Yeah. Um, but the 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 bash itself. I mean, we're leading up to this, and the way he had, um, he felt like he was in touch with um, the wrestling fans, no. uh, to a point. Because yeah, um, we didn't want to see Hulk Hogan anymore. I didn't want to see Hulk Hogan anymore. The problem with Hogan, you coming didn't want to say F-U-N-B Terry Bollet anymore. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> but the problem with Hulk Hogan um, coming to WCW in the first place in 94 was um, fans weren't watching. That's the reason why WCW wasn't watching WWE because they were sick of the Hulk Hogan crap. And now we're going to bring the Hulk Hogan crap to WCW and have him beat guys that we've always loved like Ric Flair and, you know, yeah. and all and all the WCW guys that, you know, we grew up you know, liking, and we didn't want him here. So then he reinvents himself in the NWO. And just like everything else with Hogan, that gets old fast, especially if Hogan's going to put himself on top all the time. So while in theory, I like the idea, okay, we're going to get some new blood in here, but we don't have to have it one group against the old group. And if you want to do, you know, have the WCW guys against um, the older established um, wrestlers instead of you know the old versus new or or whatever or the guys that people want to see. I mean because Mike Awesome was in that group that the new people you know that wanted to that Vince Vince Russo thought fans wanted to see, and you you just you there's ways to get the guys over without putting this whole group against a whole other group. That was why the NWO uh, angle, while incredibly successful faded out fast because you know it's you're you dividing up your entire um base and just the idea that i mean first of all putting the anyone with eyes can see the poker t was the, the future you know we we've talked about on this very podcast when you've seen tag teams you know who the guy is in the tag team oh god yeah. heart, heart foundation you knew it was brett you know, and Sorry, just Jim. like uh, Steiner's, you knew it was Scott. Um, and Harlem Heat, you knew it was Booker T. Booker T was the guy in Harlem Heat. Great tag team, but you knew Booker T was the guy. Yeah. And when he went solo, you know, the fans knew it too. So the idea of putting the belt on Booker T is a good one. Problem is, is Hulk Hogan, along with everything else, um, was always the problem. Uh, but getting the belt off him was going to be the uh, tough part. But coming up with the idea of, hey, we're going to make it so the the angle would be Hogan's going to and 
to uh, invoke his creative control so he can he can win and Jared's not going to go for it. So for making it more like for the smart fans rather than people that are watching on TV, again, you're exposing the business. You're making us, the audience, look like idiots. And the idea that Hogan's going to invoke his creative control, this is during a match, and Jared's not going to like it, so Hogan's going to win because he has say on all of his final booking. And he's going to be so angry he leaves with the belt. And then there's going to be a tournament, and Booker T's going to win it. But then Hogan's going to come back and say, hey, I'm the champion. Um, That was the idea that apparently everyone agreed on. That's the stupidest fucking shit I've ever heard. Uh, Even stupider, because let's say Hogan went along with it. And everything went according to plan. And Booker T won the championship, but Hogan comes back and says, no, I'm the real world title, world champion. Hogan was never going to put Booker T over, no matter what scenario. No, because let's start at the let's start at the beginning. Because yeah. he was a black man. <laughs> you're laughing, but uh, I mean, yeah. Oh, but no, I mean, Craig, you're a black man. That is true. <laughs> That's very I, true. I know you've heard the audio too. <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, but but Hogan was never going to put over Booker T. No. Anyway, so this whole thing was doomed to fail right away. But the fact that they thought that that would be that they, everyone o- o- agreed to that was the most incredulous thing I heard from Bash at the Beach. Um, but you watched it live. I only heard about this on in the newsletter or on the Internet the next day. So what did you think seeing now that you know the inside story? Of what happened at Bash of the Beach 2000. Well, let me let me let me uh, start this by saying uh, something you said also. Uh, I didn't learn fuck all new. <laughs> what a waste of time. And and that's not uh, not a negative thing to say about Vice TV and, and what they did. It's not their fault that everybody talks about this. Uh, no, I didn't learn anything new. All I did was waste my time for 44 minutes and some odd seconds listening to Vince talk longer than I wanted to. <laughs> Get that back. Mm-hmm. Um, all I remember from that show, if you ask me without seeing that, mm-hmm. is, man, Jarrett and Booker had a great match. Yes, All I remember watching that live is thinking, huh, I think that's real, but I don't know anymore. And, you know, I never saw Hulk Hulk in uh, WCW again, so I was happy in a pig in mud, so that's fine, too. Yeah. But my agreements with Vince Russo start and end at because Hogan was a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and, and, and the fact that I, uh, that I even side with Vince because of the get, we got to get that off Hogan like now. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, sick to my stomach. <laughs> um, God, I just, 
it was a waste. Like I, I had all these things to say. Uh, that's a stupid idea. You're so you covered that stupid idea to begin with. Mm-hmm. Hogan, we should have been moving on from that. Yeah. Um. The 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 new blood stuff was okay for about three weeks. Mm-hmm. Debatably, and then it was just. Let's just get back to the original, you know, mm-hmm. placement of cards. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I don't. Um. But the the um the the whole crux of the whole thing, and Nash even so. said it when they were talking about the uh the NWO. Uh, why would you give a wrestler creative control? Like ever, and it's Kevin Nash saying it was a bad idea. The dumbest idea I've ever heard. Yeah, but you know WCW will we'll get Hulk Hogan. Sure, we'll you know we'll agree to anything, Hulk. Not knowing how this would come back to bite him in the ass six years later. Um, but yeah, what? There's yeah. no denying mm-hmm. that Hogan coming to that company gave that gave Turner the boost to finally make a profit and and Bischoff. Yeah. Full full credit, mm-hmm. and and thanks to Bischoff and Hogan, yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. Getting stale and having you go go over all the guys that I grew up watching, don't care. They made up with it. They made up for it with the NWO thing, and that quickly became a <laughs> yeah uh, quicker than I remember. <laughs> um, but at this point, I was so tired of Hogan. It's weird because it, in in retrospect, watching it live, you're saying, "Yeah, okay, okay, Vince, good shit." Mm-hmm. And then you're like, "I mean, it's which do you prefer, the bowl of poop <laughs> or the bowl of diarrhea?" That's what we got stuck with. For what? I didn't do anything to earn that at that age. Um, Booker T should have been on top longer than that. That yeah. dude and Ben Benoit mm-hmm. and all those mid-card guys, air quotes, mm-hmm. I read Nitro. Yeah. From 90 i I'll, I'll say 97 on to when they all bail or most of the bail because mm-hmm. at the height was this nwo stuff but really all that what we called filler air quotes back in the day was what you really wanted to watch yeah i mean the biggest pop that jericho ever had was in a cruiserweight battle royal yeah i will never not mention that your exhibit a yeah that Dead fans are I want to offer promotion of your channel spam. See you later. Um, <laughs> I it's frustrating to me all these years later, we're we'll talking about this and to give Vince Russo any publicity on that at all mm, and to give him any credit because halfway through the episode, I'm like, oh, like, oh, do I agree with it? Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up. No, again, it was the he should have never been running a company. He should have never been in charge of any booking at all. Uh, Bischoff should have never been fired for all his faults. Bischoff at least could book a television show, debatably. 
Yeah. Um, should have never been given into the hands of anybody who wasn't a wrestling person to begin with. Mm-hmm. And as far as running it. Uh, and I know we make fun of Dusty and the Dusty finishes and the Dusty booking. It's the Dusty, baby. Yeah. Not Vince fucking Russo. Yeah. And Dusty, for all of Dusty's finishes, Dusty knew how to get guys over. Dusty knew that if you put the right guy in the right spot, Magnum, Sting, Luger, you can make a lot of money and draw ratings. And it's it's really not it you know, and we say it on this podcast where it's really not that hard to uh to create a new star or to to make uh to make someone new that's not an old established vet. It's called consistency. Um and it's not putting uh Billy Kidman beat Hulk Hogan. But all anyone remembers is Kidman selling his ass off for eight minutes. Pinning Hogan at the end, and Hogan beats the shit out of him after the match is over. And but and then what? And then nothing happened with Kidman. Exactly, and that's what I'm talking about with consistency. Back to the fucking shit mid card. Yeah, and and AEW does the same thing. You'll get one yeah. guy will get a huge pop over one, over, and then we won't see him for a month. The best thing that happened recently was between two old guys. Yeah. And that was Tully wiping the face paint off Sting. Yeah. Who are never going to hold a title in that company. And they're never going to be anything. And I don't mean this derogatorily. Derogatorily? Yeah, well, that'll count. Sounds right. <laughs> in a derogatory manner either. Between Tully and Sting, two of my favorites. Tully's been on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, there be players in that story. Sometimes a because nobody cares about the a players. <laughs> I don't give two flying fucks about Darby Allen for more than one reason. One of those is, well, just Google Darby Allen and, and sexual assault and start there working way forward. <laughs> yeah, but Tully did cocaine. Tully never raped anybody. Nope. Um. Basically, the oversimplification of this is you have two monstrous, idiotic fucking assholes mm-hmm. playing, playing dick measure. And the only people that suffered were the fans that were watching the product and the workers who all lost their jobs later. I I know it, it wouldn't it wouldn't have happened, and uh, because of the protocol, I would have liked to have heard from Booker T in this. We heard from Jared, yeah, dude, Storm, but I would have loved to have heard from Booker T just on his side because I know he didn't have any dealings with. Uh, I know as far as far as he had his dealings with Russo and Bischoff. He's probably the only one that he that he got along with fine with both of them because. They both knew that Booker T was was the future and that, you know, seeing how the fans reacted to him, he was a guy that, you know, you could you could count on. And he was always, you know, he didn't have any bad habits. He never badmouthed anybody. He never got in the he got along with everyone. Again, that, carried the company for the prior three prior years. Yes. Least you could do is give him a fucking title. Mm-hmm. That's uh, not the television title, by the way. <laughs> or United States Championship. But I, I, 
I would like to have heard his take on that night um, and how what he was told and how he was told um, with the Hogan and the everything. So I yeah, I don't give a fuck day. what Jeff Jarrett thinks about it. Yeah. I know what Jeff Jarrett <laughs> thinks about it. Why did I not? Did, why did we not get Booker T's? Is he still signed with? He's not signed with WWE anymore, right? Yeah, he did the he did the SummerSlam pregame commentary. He's commentating on NXT right now. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe one day, but um, yeah. So uh, the- <laughs> I I I let's see if I can. Let me, let me uh, do a live search here. The latest episode of Hall of Fame podcast, Booker T talked about the recent Dark Side of the Ring episode covering WCW Batch of the Beach 2000. That's all Hogan. We definitely got to talk about Bash of the Beach 2000, the infamous night that I won the World Heavyweight Championship. The thing is, I didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't give any quotes or anything. I think they reached out to me about what wanting to be a part of it. And I think I declined it, just like I've declined all the other times they've called me for that, just because I don't want to be part of anything negative. I don't want to be part of somebody's downfall or anything like that. Somebody's bad times, anything like that. It's hard to not do his voice because he's got a unique voice, and that would be bad cricket at this point. I think that's what these shows are pretty much built around. It's always, I don't think, in Dark Side of the Ring thing, it's that there's never any like bright light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I mean... Booker, with all due respect, sir, yeah, and I mean that sincerely, sincerely, <laughs> pardon, uh, there isn't a lot of fucking bright light in wrestling. Yeah. And that was uh, a, a, a bad time in wrestling as, a, as yeah. a, a black eye for wrestling, but he came out okay. Treated. You know, you if anything, it was a vote of confidence that everyone to a man wanted you to have the belt. Yeah. Um, I believe that took place. Yes. That conversation. I absolutely, that is the one thing that's one of two things that Vince said, Russo said that I was like, all right, yeah, I, I believe that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, um, that's it. And I, I respected the decision not to talk about it because uh, if anything, um, his reasoning, I, I don't want to talk about, you know, bad things or how it cost someone his job. He's probably embarrassed uh, because I'm that sure that's not how he wanted to win his first. Sure. And I got more if you want to put more perspective on it from. Booker. Yeah, go ahead. Good. Go ahead. Uh, for me, even on my greatest try on my greatest triumph, winning the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, I declined to be part of that episode just because, like I say, just totally leaves a bad taste in the mouth. But the thing is, I want to talk about. It as far as truth compared, perhaps untruth, just because I was there and I can only give my perspective on how I felt as far as the situation and everything was going on on Jeff Jarrett's role in the episode. Uh, well, you know what? Who cares? <laughs> well, man, as you did, I didn't know a lot of the whole thing. I'm just thinking about body language stuff like that. Jeff was told to go in there and lay down for Hogan because Hogan pulled his creative control card. Uh, Booker T on what doesn't add up for him now. Vince Russo said they had talked about this whole thing before the show even went off. It was written this way as far as him going out, cutting the promo on Hulk Hogan, throwing the belt at Hulk, winning and leaving and whatnot. 
All that was in the script. Hogan knew it. Bischoff knew it. Everybody in the upper echelon, they knew it. Now, Eric said none of that is true. Hawk said none of that is true. To the point, Hulk Hogan actually filed a lawsuit against Vince Russo. And it got thrown out because it was based around characters. Hogan, Vince Russo, all characters under wrestling batter and whatnot. A lot of that seems very, very sketchy as far as I'm concerned. One thing that really intrigued me was this is something that I wouldn't imagine that happened. Eric said that after Hulk Hogan won the belt for Jarrett, they left the building because everyone was supposed to know. And then again, Eric said they didn't know. Okay, this is the point that gets me. <laughs> Eric said Hulk Hogan, after Hulk Hogan did the deal with Jeff, him and Hogan left the building. They went to the bar and they were toasted some drinks. And the next thing you know, they realized Russo is cutting his promo. And now that Vince Russo cut his promo, Jeff and I are now going to wrestle for the championship. Now, I've never seen the box leave the building before the lights go off. That's just that's just something that just really, really makes me wonder, is that true or not? That Eric and Hogan left the building with Russo still there with a hot mic. That part there makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Or gee, if he would have become WCW heavyweight champion and Vince Russo didn't do what he did. I watched Hulk Hogan when that thing happened in the middle of the ring, all right? The look on his face, there's no way Hulk Hogan knew what was going on. There's no way. Well, I agree with that because Hogan's not that good of an actor. No. Uh, he's oh ha, I didn't read the next line. Booker literally says that he's not that good of an actor. <laughs> Thank you, Booker. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Huffman. Yes. Uh, it's no Maybe. way. And then to hear Vince Russo tell that story that everyone knew, I'm gonna tell you, I didn't know anything. So the thing is, to this day, that secret has been kept as far as everyone knew about it. It's no way a story like that could have could be kept this many years in professional wrestling. Yeah, Booker, come on, man. If there's no freaking way. Yeah, man, there's oh man. There's so much more about this. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. All I'm saying is it was a waste of Vice's time. It was a waste of my time and yours. There's nothing that we gleaned from this that was new. Uh, it was three ass, uh, well, two assholes having a dick measure contest because their egos could fit in their heads. Yeah, that's it. Booker yeah. got lucky. Exactly. And 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 Landstorm probably the the, the sanest person in the whole. <laughs> yeah, I loved him being there. That was so funny to me, and I love the comedy made about. Hogan, you know, filing defamation because he made fun of his bald head. He's been bald for years. Everybody knows. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny to me. Yeah. The, the, uh, your your final thoughts on it? Um, it's a story that watch knowing that. the knowing the principles involved didn't need to be told, only because we didn't need to hear from two people that we really don't need to hear from anymore. But at the same time, I was curious to know what exactly happened that day. I know that would mean that I have to listen to one or both of them spin each. And Lance Storm said the best. Two people, or no, Dave Meltzer, I'm sorry, said the best. Uh, two of the worst people on earth talking about, they're talking about one of the worst days in wrestling history and how and hearing each person's version of the truth at the same time. Tough to watch, but <laughs> when you said I want to talk about Dark Side of the Ring, it's like, oh, I got some thoughts. 
and it was gonna be a good episode because out of all of the dark side of the rings that i want you to watch i mean i want you to watch all of them but that one sure no i i'll we'll do a final retrospective it just i just was just ugh. I get. It. I don't. I don't have the words. Well, there are no it's just, words. It's just fucking stupid. Waste of everyone's. It's so stupid. Well, who um, fucking cares, Venture? So the uh, tonight's episode will be a, a fun watch when you get around to the world according to Marty Janetti. Uh, this season, and I don't know if there's going to be another season. I if there is, I wish they would just go back to certain incidences incidents. Um sadly I think they've they've covered all the top ones. I ones I wanted to uh, you know, the Montreal screw job, um Gina Hernandez, the flight. Uh those are the ones that I, you know, I was most interested in. The best one this season has been the Grand Brothers, and that's only because of the uh uh, the history of of Dr. Jerry and Eddie and the horrible legacy that the Grams have left behind. And it's called Breaking the Cycle, which is a great, uh, great. And it's probably, Dan, the only episode that ends with an, on an upbeat note. Because we see um, the uh, the granddaughter of Eddie Graham uh, talking about, but still the. Uh... <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. It's terrible timing. Uh, in a timely manner. Yeah, I, I, I did notice that was up there, and I forgot that was an episode. I'm like, oh, I really want to watch that. I really want to hear their story, especially Mike Cram, because I think he was unfortunately passed like two years before I heard about it. Yeah. So when the fuck did that happen? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um. The fight between. Uh, the group of crackers and uh, uh, the African-American gentleman. The, the Alabama showdown. The Alabama showdown. It's been try, that in a, <laughs> try that in a small town. Uh, try that in a small town. Yeah, we did. We got our asses yeah, kicked. What happened? I said, look, Jason Aldean had a good run. And then he, we gave you we gave you a month, white folks. And <laughs> yeah, you wanted your month. You got it. You got it. And Thanks. I know they were, they were listening to that on the boat. And they got all pumped up, and yeah, see how long you see how far that lasted. Uh, uh, the chair our... shot is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. But just seeing this still frame of the gentleman in the beard and the glasses standing against the rail, looking up at the camera while the dudes get smashed with the chair, is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. It's been... the... <laughs> good. Uh, it's only been three days, but it's been put to music. Uh, yeah, it's been reenacted several times. It's been uh, yeah, again, are repeated over and over again. Uh, it's been TikTok to death. I mean, I've in three again in three days. This happened on Sunday, and it's still everywhere. I honestly, I can't believe uh, how this has taken off. I absolutely can. I uh, can. Uh, there was a guy. There's a pic. I posted a picture of a guy 
with a metal folding chair attached to his hip. And he said, it's because I'm in an open carry state. So he's allowed to carry <laughs> the metal folding chair. That's good. That's very good, too. Yeah, so, and uh, so, and I had no idea. This brought out so much creativity in so many people. What's Did the other see? one? There was a picture in the, uh, uh, was it the African-American Museum? Mm-hmm. Uh, of the chair just on display, oh, on display, yeah, <laughs> next to Harriet Tubman. The lighting, <laughs> but did, have you seen it with, with the Jim Ross commentary? No, <laughs> because they had the, the when they or or the the um uh, the end game uh meme where they're all the yes that one like, I've seen yeah. on your left, <laughs> <laughs> kind of bear, but it's like oh god, and then. When the guy comes out of the war, it's like business is picking up, and the, the glass break, and you see them coming. Yeah, you, you gotta listen to the rap song. It's already been put to music. Um, yeah, just uh, everything. Um, I guess what's got galvanized everyone about it is because we've seen so many times, and it's just um, and because I'm very old, seeing it throughout history a gang of white people jumping on uh, a black person never see, you know, the, the on your left, we never see, we've seen the fucker. We never seen the find out part. You know, yeah. that's, that's what's got galvanized everyone. We've seen the fuck around part, but we've never seen the, it's the, the look out. on the dude's face before the chair makes contact. Yeah. Or just the two guys that the two, <laughs> overconfident white guys that came out from under the the uh the, the bleachers and then they saw the swarm coming towards them and think ah, <laughs> a, a good run is better than a bad stand any day it's uh, so funny to me uh, the only thing that was as funny was the video of the boston cop going down that slide uh, <laughs> to the in the air tonight drum solo didn't 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 God, he slid 400 yards. Yeah. Kept going. That hurt. The action park shit I've ever seen. <laughs> class action park. Uh, class. Oh, God. Um, I do want to say this that I just found out. Um, yeah. The one mention of modern wrestling today, Dakota Kai. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll talk more about SummerSlam next week since that was our schedule thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you watch? So, yeah. Well, I watched the replay because as I saw who won uh, the cash in that was happening, I was like, I'm in. And. uh, uh, Oh, God, I can't. I'm blanking. Sorry, Dakota Kai Mm -hmm. came back for that moment. Yeah. Just so they were all together. Mm -hmm. Uh, She said that she didn't wake up until 1 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, got a text from Bailey saying we need you here at SummerSlam. She arrived to the airport at five, didn't take off till seven, arrived at Ford Field as Drew and Gunther were going on. Wow. Rushed her in, kept her covered with clothing out to the ring. That was from her on her stream. Jeez. She's still dealing with a, bit, a bad injury and coming back from that. Yeah. Um, EO winning the title, do a cash in. Um. Bianca's not going anywhere, so I'm not upset uh, that I, I can't wait to see more of that. But what an incredible moment, considering literally two episodes ago, we were talking about what the fuck are they doing with damage control? 
Yeah. One's champ now. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Keep them the three horsemen. Thank you very much. Well, you can you can tell now now that the boss has been called into court again and has <laughs> a, an explained spinal injury, but you see how well things are being set up now. You got uh, Nakamura potentially going against in the feud with Seth. You yeah. got the Miz and LA Knight. You got Rhea being with L- what a pop, by the way. Yes, but but again, this is all Triple H. You see how he's he's running. He's going with the hot hand here. And Miz versus LA Knight, if, even if they just talk the whole time, because their promo was was fire from both of them, you know, and it, it hit home. It hit home on both of them. So I you could see the uh the progression. And you're giving Imperium some wins finally. So they can and Gable versus Gunther. Gable's not going to win. What a novel man, idea that is. That's going to be a great match. Mm. Yeah. Again, that's mm. all. Now we know who's back in charge. I was double dipping on Saturday. I was watching uh, Collision while on television while I was looking at SummerSlam on my iPad. Um, so on television. Yeah. And that was it's a shame um, because that was Collision's best um Two hours on Saturday, uh, but they got yeah. killed in the ratings. But uh, yeah, again, great to see, yeah, great to see Ricky Steamboat, FTR, Dennis Condry, Tully. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I, I that SummerSlam was fantastic. That it was. Um, I always forget how big they've made it now. Not that it hasn't always had that name to its mm-hmm. that that power to its name, but that it is that big now. Yeah. Um, is delightful. Mm-hmm. It's delightful. Uh, Craig, sir, I think we're going to call it there. I think we're going to save the historian for next week. Okay, and uh, talk fully about SummerSlam. Yes, because uh, I's tired. Me tired. I understand. I's tired, yeah. and, and D's is tired. We, we, we do D's nuts. Yes. Yeah, shave my nuts for this. Uh, Craig, where can people follow you? Uh, they can follow me and my shaved nuts on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter at Craig Ligon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. And you can follow me and my shave at uh, <laughs> TamLaw83, all social media platforms, and that includes Hive and Threads. I don't know about the rest of them. I'm not putting more time into more social media. At this point, if it goes belly up, Bye. <laughs> I, I don't have time anymore. I'm starting to get tired of it now. Just now. I get it. <laughs> just now. Just now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for Craig Legans, I am the above average comedian. Keep it on the paper. <laughs>